0: Bob Bob Bernie, Bernie Live. Live. Looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Okay, just real quickly, uh, this has been a big, big, big story in the evangelical world. Uh, One of the largest Southern Baptist churches in the convention has been disfellowshipped yeah, I I think that's what they called it. Now again, cooperation with the Southern Baptist Convention is absolutely voluntary, and every single church is completely and totally autonomous. And Saddleback Church that Rick Warren has now retired from changed their doctrinal position concerning women in the pastorate. And they have gone from a complementarian view to an egalitarian view. And you and I have discussed that many times, don't have time to go into it. Right, now, I want to know why, after 30-plus years, Rick Warren, who is a brilliant man, would change his doctrinal position after all of those years and cause a split With the Southern Baptist Convention, that has been so good to him, and he's been very good to them. All right, now, let me chase a quick rabbit here, and then I'll get back into the story. There is something called hermeneutics. All right, it's time for for Bible college, freshman Bible college, okay? Okay. Hermeneutics, that is the study of the interpretation of Scripture. And in hermeneutics, the interpretation of Scripture, there are a whole bunch of laws that anyone who really respects the text should use. There are dozens of them. One of them is you interpret the obscure with the clear, not the other way around. Here's what I mean by that. There are a whole lot of verses in the Bible that are somewhat obscure. You read them and you kind of shake your head and go, hmm, I'm not sure what Paul meant. I'm not sure what Peter meant. I'm not sure what Ezekiel meant. I'm not sure what Matthew meant. It's a little obscure. It could mean this. It could mean that. I'm not really sure. How do you interpret those? Well, you find something in that theological area that is absolutely clear, and you interpret the obscure with the clear. You never do it the other way around. This is why I have a problem with Rick Warren's change in theology, And this is theology, it's not philosophy, it's theology. In a recent interview, Rick Warren was asked, will you change your mind on the role of women in the church and so forth? Why did you do that? Well, I'm not going to go into all of it, but he cites three verses of Scripture. One of them is the Great Commission. And then he basically says, with all three of these verses of Scripture, well, it could mean this, we're not sure, it might mean this, but I think it probably includes women because, well, it looks like he he takes obscure looks at three particular portions of Scripture and basically says, well, there's a lot of controversy about this verse and and some people think it says this and some people say think it says this and and I used to think this, but now I've come to the conclusion he he has no clear this is what I believe Scripture says. And at, at the end of the interview he says, Well, that's what I think, but you know many people will be disagree with me and I may be wrong, and we'll just agree to disagree. Contrast that with Paul, particularly, and his extremely clear teaching on women in leadership. Paul is not ambiguous about women in leadership, not at all. Paul is very clear, Paul is very uh, adamant. He is not ambiguous. He is very, very clear. And the only way you can get around those very clear verses on women and leadership, and again, folks, please, it has nothing to do with equality. Nothing that Paul taught about women and leadership and who, pastors, and so forth, none of that deals with equality. It's roles. There are roles in the family. The husband is to be the head of the home. Does that mean he is superior to the wife? Of course not. Any honest man would admit, oh my goodness, if something happens to my wife, I am lost. But there are roles. Husband and wife. There are biblical roles. Uh, Parents and children. Is that an equality issue? Do parents really believe that they are superior to their children simply because the Bible says children obey your parents? Of course not. Any parent, any parent who loves their kids would give up their life for their kids. They believe their children are more important than they are. It's not equality. It's roles. And these are the roles that God has ordained in marriage, family, parents, children, and the church. Has nothing to do with who is more important. It's the roles that God has outlined. So, in order to get around those very very clear verses that Paul uh, gives us concerning leadership in the church, the only way around that is, well, that was a cultural thing. And it was just, uh, Paul was a product of his culture, and in his culture, folks, when you start traveling down that culture road, you're going to get yourself in serious, serious trouble. Because if you use the culture I started to say cop out. That would be unkind. If you use the, the culture explanation, then you can use that culture thing for so many doctrines in the Bible. Well, that was just, that's, you know, Paul taught that. Peter taught that. Jesus said that. In fact, uh it was last week. I read to you the comments from a United Methodist pastor, in fact, the pastor of the largest United Methodist church in the country, and he said, we really can't believe the Bible. It was just, it was a product of their culture, and God influenced them, but he didn't really inspire them. With this culture argument, you're traveling down the same road. And it's dangerous. So let's take Rick Warren and Saddleback out of the conversation completely. They will answer to God. And again, I pray that God blesses them abundantly. I hope Saddleback Church wins more people to Christ than ever before. And I honestly mean that. But this is a teachable moment. I believe as brilliant as Rick Warren is, he is violating one of the fundamental laws of hermeneutics, Bible interpretation. You take the obscure and you interpret it by the clear. You never do the other way around. The text must be preeminent. It's not what we want God's Word to say or we would like God's Word to say. We need to find out what does God's Word say. And then it's up to us to obey, not to explain it. talk radio that makes a difference makes a difference this is Bob Bernie live well here's some good news remember coach Kennedy from Brimerton Washington way back in 2017 coach Kennedy was fired You remember the story uh, at the close of a particular football game, he was coach for the Bremerton High School football team. And they had a good game. And uh, at the end of the game, he didn't say a word to anybody. He just went out the 50-yard line in the middle of the field. And he knelt down probably on one knee and prayed a brief silent prayer. Well, one of his players said, Hey, coach, what, what are you doing? He said, oh, man, I was just so thankful that everybody was safe. We had a good game. I just had a prayer just to thank God. The player said, "Um, can I join you? And this is, is, I think this is verbatim what he said to the student. This is America. You can do anything you want to. And so the next game, the coach at the end of the game went out to the 50-yard line, knelt down, And uh, that one player had told a couple of other players, hey, you want to join the coach? Yeah, sure. And so they knelt down by the coach, and they had a brief prayer and went home. Well, it grew. The coach never invited the players. He certainly never coerced them. The players voluntarily began joining the coach. It wasn't long that it wasn't unusual for players on the opposing team would come out in the middle of the field at the end of the game and have a word of prayer. Well, a parent, we have no idea who or even if there was someone, contacted the Freedom From Religion Foundation and said, separation of church and state, separation of church and state. Uh, and they threatened to sue the school, and uh, the school says, uh, "Hey, Coach Kennedy, um, uh, you know you may be violating separation of church and state here. We got to ask you to quit praying." And Coach Kennedy said, "Well, I have a right to freedom of speech and religion. I don't give that up just become I become a teacher." I'm not inviting the kids to do it. I'm not coercing them. It's all voluntary. No, I'm going to keep praying. And so this went on for a while, and the school district says, you got to quit. He said, no, I can't. And they suspended him for a little bit of time, and he refused to back down, and finally they fired him. Well, he went to court, and if I recall correctly, three different courts three different judges ruled against Coach Kennedy. He didn't give up. The Alliance Defending Freedom continued to defend him and represent him. It finally went all the way to the Supreme Court. And last June, the Supreme Court, in a 6-3 to decision, ruled in Judge Kennedy's favor. Remember, three lower courts ruled against him. Supreme Court ruled in his favor and ordered the Bremerton School District to reinstate him to his previous position. Well, it becomes official on March 23rd. He will be coach of the high school team in Brimerton, Washington again. He won. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, It's going to be interesting to watch how this coming football season plays out because it has received so much public attention. Um, He's going to receive some hate. I think he's going to receive an overwhelming amount of support from the community. Uh, What about the school officials who fired him? I don't know. But he won, and uh, he's going back to coaching and doing what he loves to do. And then there is this. Listen to this headline. House Republicans launch Congressional Family Caucus to protect marriage and to promote God-driven policies. I love this. It's called the Congressional Family Caucus. Representatives Mary Miller, Diana Harshberger, and Brian Babin noted in their announcement, quote, that the natural family was ordained by God as the foundation of our society. The three Republican members announced that they have formed a congressional family caucus to defend the marriage-based family from leftist attacks. Uh, Congressman Brian Babin of Texas wrote, America has seen a concerted effort by activists on the left to abolish the natural family. The natural family, a man and a woman committed for life to each other and to their children, was ordained by God as the foundation of our society. The natural family is essential to, For a nation to prosper because the family is the root of self government, service, community, and personal responsibility. The uh, three representatives further stated that their aim, uh, or pardon me, that the aim of the radical left is to replace the natural family with the federal government. Well, good for them. Good for them. It will be fascinating to see what representatives in the House of Representatives join the Congressional Family Caucus. Who would have thought just a few years ago that we would need a Congressional Family Caucus to support the family? But my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, do we need it now. Good for them. May their tribe increase. And folks, I hope you have an absolutely wonderful evening. But please, I say it every day, but I really mean it. Wherever you go and whatever you do, remember whose you are. Listen. Listen, Think. think, discern. Discern.